0: And welcome to Fraggle Talk, the unofficial Fraggle Rock podcast brought to you by ToughPix.com. This is the podcast where we cover Fraggle Rock, Back to the Rock, episode by episode, along with the talented producers, performers, writers, and builders who helped put it together. I'm your host, silly creature Joe Hennis. Today, we are talking about episode 10, Wembley the Spokes Fraggle, in which Wembley and the coolest doozer in the world create an effective marketing campaign. We have two exciting guests today. First up is a puppeteer whose work can be seen on Supernatural Academy, Nanalan, and the Sunnyside Up show. On Back to the Rock, they performed Turbo Dozer, Balsam the Minstrel, and Red Fraggle's Right Hand. We are extremely pleased to welcome Allie Eisner to the podcast. Hi, Allie.
1: Oh, lovely to meet you all. Hi, Fraggle fans.
0: And our next guest is a puppeteer, puppet builder, and animator whose work can be seen on Mr. Meaty and Oh Yuck. Here on Back to the Rock, he performs the Grizzard, Ferguson Mergle, and character find of the year, Pogi Fraggle. We are extremely pleased to welcome Kanya Chen to the podcast. Hey, Kanya.
2: Hey, Joe. Hey, thanks so much. I'm super happy to be here. And I love the fact that I'm here with the super awesome Allie. Hey, Allie.
1: Oh well, Con- there's it's no it's no secret that Kanye and I are good friends.
3: <laughs> we love
1: each other. We talk yeah. to each other constantly. So Pretty this much. was a joy when you asked us to uh, do this together. We were yeah. so. And what a pairing
0: to have the two of you here. And and I have to assume that all the puppeteers on Fraggle Rock are good friends, just because you you've spent so much time under the set together.
1: Well, they became yeah. good friends. Yeah, it was yeah. uh, we were just talking about this yesterday. You know, we were talking about all the reviews that we read and. You know, there's so many lines where it's just like, it was magic, it was magic. Everything we watched was magic. And I know, you know, it's it's true that it, we feel that it was magic on screen because it felt really healthy and magical behind the screen. People uh, became very close and all the puppeteers uh, really were super supportive for half a year without flaw. I don't know, how do you feel, Kanye?
2: Yeah. I mean, the fact that we were, I mean, away from home, we're all together and not only like on set, but even outside, like after, you know, you know, a shoot day would wrap or the weekend was there, we were hanging out. Like we were, we were buds and there's just like Ali said, there's so much t- to, to be seen on screen when people gel, when people really connect. Yeah. And they they enjoy each other's company and yeah. the the you know enjoy you know uh, the focus on the word joy there it comes through
1: yeah we had a blast yeah. <laughs> it was shocking it was yeah. shocking you know and working on and shows is always wonderful but you know usually you get like a couple dingleberries or there's you know some dips and you know there's hills and valleys and for for me and for so many for everybody else I talked to it was this just seamless joyous magical experience it meant so much to us it was it was just so healthy it was it was actually really healing uh it was a very healing experience for me and it was such a crazy time to be alive then during uh, the pandemic and it was like we just had this uh you know special little magic pod where we were making each other laugh for half a year it was, yeah. it was it was insane. that's the best And that's exactly
0: what you want to hear about people working on Fraggle Rock, you know? Yes. Uh, Speaking of which, let's talk about how each of you got to Fraggle Rock. Um, Allie, we could start with you. What was your your journey to get into the room?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I'm 48. I've been wanting to work for Henson since I was about five. Uh, I know that you can't see me right now, but right there on my mantle, that's the first puppet I've ever had. That's an Ernie puppet that my parents bought me when I was about five years old.
0: I, I, I totally couldn't... had that same Ernie. Did it's, you? For people who can't see it, it's like that rubber head. It's got the real yes. hair, the long Did arms. Did yours
1: smell so intensely of plastic that people thought they were they should take it away from you? Because it was...
3: <laughs>
0: Probably. But my, my very specific memory, I had the Burt and the Ernie. And at one yes. point, I realized, you know, they've never had a haircut they should probably have a haircut because their hair is going to keep growing. And so I took a pair right. of, of scissors to, to their hair and completely got a little that. buzzerino. Yep. Buzzer-o, yep. Buzzer-o. Sorry, guys. Yeah.
1: My, that's okay. Mine's still wild and crazy. The hair smells even worse than the body, but it's a <laughs> of it. I keep it up there. It reminds me of where I came from. Um, so, you know, I've been wanting to work for Henson since I was five. Um, and I've been in TV, kids TV for the last 25 years and then worked for like all the corpse and on a billion shows and um, you know, I, I grew up with those shows were like kind of a third parent to me. I was a bit of a weird art kid and spent a lot of time in the basement and feeling different and you know, realizing when I was older that I was transgender. and. You know, those shows made me feel very safe. Jim Henson's shows made me feel safe and seen. And I connected to the heart and the comedy. And I, I really feel like it <clears throat> helped me grow as a creative person. And so, you know, I was working this past uh, last year and I got an email from uh, somebody I've known also for a long time. Uh, this lovely man named Jason. And he, you know, said they're looking for people. And uh, I, I auditioned. And when I got the call, I, like, I, 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 I was just in shock uh, that they were interested in me. I was just, I was overjoyed. I couldn't believe it. And, and uh, what it was, was that
0: audition yeah. like for you?
1: It was so much fun. Um,
0: but what did they I actually have you do, though? I'm sure it was
2: fun. I'm allowed,
1: Kanye? Am I allowed to? I'm allowed, right, to say this kind of stuff? Okay. I
2: think so. Yeah.
1: It was super fun. Um, John Totaglia, who's just really a hero to all of us. I would love to talk about him a little later if if you cats are into it, but he, you know, he introduced himself and he was so warm and generous, his vibe. And it just, he felt so refreshing to kind of just see. And it was so nice to be welcomed by him um, in the audition video video and he you know he described exactly what we needed so we would um do the uh, the fraggle dance we would um you know they give us a couple of scenes and we had to read those scenes uh in any voice that came to mind and any kind of inspiration they wanted us to go for it so I think one of them Kanye was like Boober's line and Boober Boober and Oh my gosh, do we yeah. yeah. I don't like, I don't
2: do we do we all get the same uh sides? I feel I kind of feel like we might have each had slightly different sides. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah,
1: I'm sure because I think that they researched everybody a bit, you know? Like or I think Johnny told me that they they did look into us a bunch before making decisions. So yeah, we we got to dance to a song. We had to do not only, you know, um it was really fun to kind of try to make the, fra- the do the fraggle dances all those dances that you saw you saw growing up so we got a chance to kind of show those moves off and technically what you can do and uh, then we had to kind of hit it home with a bunch of scenes and I use this little beaver puppet that I have here that is just the weirdest looking puppet ever and uh, I was making myself laugh so I was just like well if they don't go for it at least at least I made myself laugh
0: right as long as you're having fun that's all that really matters i had a
1: blast and so yeah when they called me i i just uh, i couldn't believe it i just couldn't believe it i was shocked i started crying kanye <laughs> was that
0: similar for you like uh, do you just kind of got the phone call and you're like you're just being put uh, put on tape and doing fraggle dances
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I I think the specifics of the actual uh, taped audition are are very similar. I think the way I found out is a little bit different, just because, um, as Ali said, they've been in the puppetry biz forever. And I've been one of those people who I've always loved puppets, but it's always been a, a kind of a side love for me. And I've had another career. And that was kind of my my main thing. I was always doing my other career, so I always felt like I kind of missed out on opportunities. And you know, the 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 pandemic uh, really did a number on a lot of people, and, and, and for me. And, and I just you know, I, I I remember kind of just you know burying myself in my my day work, and I just happened to be talking to a good good friend of mine, uh, Dan Garza. As people may or may not know, uh, plays Junior Gorg as well as a bunch of other characters. Um, And, uh, I was just talking to him and he's like, Hey, have you heard anything about the audition? And I was like, no, I don't know what the audition is. And he's like, well, it's in Canada. I can't tell you what the audition is, but it's in Canada. You need to like get on this. Um, and I think I just sent like a little uh, email just to, to hence. I had been a part of their diversity training program back in 2016. Um, and I just sort of said, Hey, I'm Canadian. I, I heard there might be something going on. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if, if, if you got my information and soon enough, I got an email, uh, from, from Jason, uh, just like Ali did. And, uh, he essentially, Jason said, Hopley, Jason Jason Hopley. Hopley is, yes. is, he's a puppeteer here in Canada and, um, you know, growing up, it's funny because Ali's talked about how they, you know, they've been in the biz, like Jason Hopley, Ali Eisner were huge names for me growing up. And they were people I aspired to kind of work with as well as Henson. There are all these names of people I want to work with. So, you know, all this stuff kind of came together in in this one email. And Jason then essentially said, send in this video. We're auditioning for this, for for Fraggle Rock. And I was like, I can't believe it sent in my stuff. I had sides. And, and I just, I remember just kind of going into it going, eh, I'll just have some fun really as well. That's what I was like, Oh, what you know, what am I going to do? I, you know, I'm, I'm buried in, in, you know, my stressful work right now. And um, I ended up sending stuff in and just like Allie, I got this message back going, Hey, we're interested in you. And I, I remember go, turning to my wife and going, is this for real? Is yeah. like, is this really happening? I, I, I can't, I can't process this right now. Um, yeah, and, and I, I also want to add that uh, Johnny T is someone who I had met briefly at the diversity workshop. Um, he, he came by, and such a nice guy. But everyone was talking about it. what an amazing person. Little did I know how true they they were when they said what a great per- individual. We'll get. Can we'll you get believe back it?
1: Can you no. believe that that was our boss, Kanye? I can't Have
2: believe it. Have you? That.
1: I, I, that is like you know if anybody wants to learn how to be a good manager yeah you watch the work of johnny tartaglia and Hallie stanford and read it like i just um they it, yeah. it was they were the best managers man they know how to manage people and artists and I love
3: hearing team. that yeah that's such good news oh
0: my god so they were the news.
2: best bosses y'all yeah yeah
0: they're exactly yeah. who you want them to be yes. is what you're saying yes
2: yes well, and it, it, yeah, we talk again about like ego list, right? We, we, like I remember walking on set and meeting Hallie and meeting Rita and uh, meeting Tim and, um, and then, you know, actually meeting Johnny and, you know, you almost, you almost have to take a step back and go, hmm. these people's body of work yeah. is incredible because they're like friends. They're so open. You could, you feel like you could walk up to them. And like, there was like, they, they really went out of their way to make you feel valued. Right. And that's, that's something yes. that in any workplace is very hard to find.
1: And it, and it really affects a team and it, it affects like the work that people end up putting out and the overall tone and vibe. Yeah, it was, um, <clears throat> it was really amazing to, to kind of realize that they were so true. And I, for me anyway, I don't know what your perspective is, Kanya, but I just feel like the reasons that they're there and in the work field that they're in, and decided to become managers, I feel like they're in it for the same reasons that I am mm-hmm. and in kids TV for the same reasons that I am and think and care about people the same way yeah. that I care about community. Um, and they show it in in every, way, every possible way that they can. They show up and they work so hard to make that show awesome. And I'm so happy that, you know, we get all these accolades when it comes out, all the puppeteers, oh my God, like, It was so exciting to do, you know, Turbo Dozer and people like, you know, all these things. But then I think about, you know, I almost wish and I was so happy to hear that Holly and Johnny and Rita and these people were on your show because these people behind are just uh, rock stars, you know, and they they, uh, deserve so much credit.
0: Yeah, as generous as you're, you're describing them. It's exactly been my experience working on this podcast with them because not only you know were they generous enough to use some time to um, to appear uh, as guests on this podcast, but as all of our listeners know, they've been in every single episode providing these uh, extra commentaries for us, yes. uh, which they don't have to do. Like that was just a they're thing they wanted to do because they generous. love the show. Yeah, yeah
1: they're extremely I generous. Love it. And- and i mean Kanye and i talked about this a lot hopefully it's okay i'm sure i was you but you know folks like Kanye and i that have grown grown you know grown, have uh, been in the industry and also grown up as kids who you know felt different or you know spent a lot of time in the basement being weird it was really <laughs> incredible to have these bosses that were so encouraging and supportive mm-hmm. um because they really want you to succeed not just for the show but for your own self and uh, it was, uh, it was real. Yeah, was
2: so refreshing. And, and to piggyback on what Ali's saying, I mean, I think one of the, the the things that you see come through the screen in Fraggle Rock um, has so much to do with, uh, with the efforts of, of the, the, the producers from executive all yeah. the way through. Um, but I think that the key point is that encouragement and, people believing in you. And even when because I, you know, as performers, we're very hard on ourselves. I I think that a lot of, not just performers, but I think a lot of people who strive to be the best they can be are naturally hard on ourselves. Um, But we have to be able to really look at our, at our performances, look at what we're doing with a uh, maybe a, a larger scope than just like, Oh, I didn't raise the arm the way I wanted to. And, and, feedback from from you know from Hallie and from Rita and from Tim and from but I really want to hone in specifically on Johnny Johnny. because he was like right there in the in the trenches where you would do something and you'd quietly be sitting after you've done a performance and you're thinking to yourself like did I did I mess that up and yeah he would just kind of give you a very quiet he'd walk over and just quietly say something like he nailed that! Like that was awesome. Like, Isn't and it you're
1: amazing like- how he knows? He, he just knew. always knows. And I think that that's what makes a good manager, right? Yeah. Like they, he's like he's Johnny looks twelve, but he's like this wise, <laughs> yeah. And he's just like the the most handsome person, but he, he's um he's like this wise old tree. Where I kind of realized halfway through, where I kind of felt like, oh man, he understands people. He can see where people. You know, need to grow or like where they're nervous or, um, you know, he, he, and he'll, what he does, what he does is I feel like because he can see so much and he understands the people part so well that he'll create opportunity in the places where he feels you need it in the most supportive way. And so it's, it, it was just really, yeah, it was an environment of growth. I felt, I felt.
0: Yeah. Speaking of uh, some of these talented folks that you get to work with, uh, Allie, you got to work really closely with Karen Prell.
1: Oh, Karen, my hero! You mean
0: your hero, Karen Prell? Uh, what was it like? First of all, you—I mean—you got to be right next to her performing, you know, right handing or, or both handing uh, red when needed, but also as red stand-in. So, yeah. I'd love to know more about like how that came about and and what kind of tips you got from Karen for oh, how God. to how to be red
1: holy moly well first of all if you can imagine out there you know growing up with this show and suddenly you're on it you're first of all on the fraggle rock rock set in the great hall you know (laughs) like just like every day that magic in that feeling of feeling grateful for that did not wear off in half a year um but then having red on my hand I was like okay well maybe I did something okay in my career (laughs) or in my attitude or in my something that the puppet ended up on my hand you know or that I work ended up working with Karen and I'm I'm endlessly grateful for that uh, connection and um you know I I just feel like the pairing personality wise was just such an, an incredible experience for me because Karen Perel I mean, I'm sure anybody listening to this, they're such a fan of Fraggle Rock. They probably know Karen's whole history, but if you're just one of these aliens who does not know, please go look at Karen's insanely vast body of work. Like she has worked on everything. Um, During Christmas I was watching, um, was it the, the, I would hear, I heard this mouse, you know, it's like that's Karen Prell. Like Oh, she's you're talking been- about Muppet
0: Christmas Carol. She's uh, the Christmas, yes. Christmas Yes, Carol. yeah, I of mean, course.
1: Apologies. Just she has been a part of so much magic. And um, so she has not only the experience, but just the stories and, and the connections to all these old heroes and friendships with them. And so, you know, being around her was just um, such an incredible experience on so many levels as a. a A person to be around. She's such a joy. She's so friendly. She's so accommodating. She's so generous. She's completely and utterly egoless, even though she has this insane body of work and experience. And being around that kind of egoless, uncompetitive nature as a person in this industry, you know, Kanye and I talk about this all the time where we just hope for kind of like a new wave, a new generation of performers like that that can just be about the work and the puppetry and making a difference. And Karen lives in that space all the time. And she does things for such beautiful reason. But um, as a puppeteer technically, I just, I could talk about her for an hour, so I'll try to keep this more short. Um, Being around her was so educational as a puppeteer. um, She is so, she's such a great combination of being able to, okay, I'm I'm gonna, uh, she'll have red on her hand and I'll watch it. I would sit there and watch it. It would start um, with it on her hand and she would look at the script and go, okay, what needs to be done? She would, It would move from her head, like understanding I'm gonna do this, how I'm gonna do this technically. And she would break it down for herself part by part. And then that, um, the feeling from her head would move down. I would watch it. The energy would move down to her heart, to her chest. And then she would bring in the emotion after the technical. And then red would come to life. And her process was immaculate that way. She never sacrificed one for the other. They're always worked so well together, the the heart and the technical part. And I think that that's why Red is so wonderful.
0: Um, well, and what but, you just described really makes sense for her specifically because she has a history in like computer programming too, right?
1: Do you, she told me at the end of our run, what she like works on one of my favorite video games ever of all time. She's working on Portal. She creates, she, Karen Powell is a genius, people. Yeah. She is yeah. a genius. She, she's an actual genius, right? <laughs> so yeah um and you know when she would give me tips she was always so generous um or when I would make an error she was she was so forgiving you know like she she was just such a a warm energy I would spring out of bed each day so excited to be around her so again I Kanye's
2: here so I should
1: <laughs> I can talk to I could talk about Karen forever so
2: yeah and I can listen well, to we'll- her to you, to you talking forever about Karen yeah, we'll we'll get back
0: to the topic of of Karen Prell. Right. I'm sure her sure her name will come up once or twice on this episode. Yeah. But uh Kanya, I do want to talk to you about uh one of the my favorite mom- uh th- new <laughs> things about Fraggle Rock. I don't know if people are on the pogey train as much as I am. I love pogey Fraggle. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And it's, I mean, it's just great that, like, you know, we, we don't have a lot of, like, you know, certain Fraggle characters in the original series to come back, like, you know, Marlon Fraggle. Like, Large Marvin's there, but he's not really there very mm-hmm. much. So um, to get a new character who's not a member of the main troupe, not really, you know get like, he doesn't get his own um, storylines, anything like that. He's just kind of there. He has a name, he has a personality, and you get to be the one to perform that character. So how did Pogi get into your hands and where, where does Pogi come from, from within you?
2: Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I have to go back to to kind of the beginning of, you know, me being accepted onto Fraggle Rock and my head spinning and, once we were there, we uh, we kind of knew that we were going to be like there was a crew of people who were going to be um, featured puppeteers, uh, and it's it, you know Ali was one of the 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 group of of a bunch of us, and um, within the the group they were offering um, new roles or auditions for these kind of new characters, and I just remember getting a. a, a requests so an email it's like so Kanya, I'd love for you to read for these characters and I remember seeing them all and and and, and um like I think I want to say it was Philo was one of them and I was like oh my gosh like oh like I was like this has to be the, the one character I want I was reading through all of them uh storyteller I was like okay new spin on storyteller okay reading through a bunch of them large Marvin got it I know large Marvin and then there's this Pogi, and I was like I don't know I don't know who Poggy is. I have no idea. So I didn't know anything about, so out of all the people I was like, well, I I, like the ones I know are the ones I was aiming for. So I remember just doing, um, it was a, it was a voice audition because I think we had already done our puppeteering audition. And, um, so it was character voices. And so we were doing our characters and we were coming up with different things. And I heard, you know, this twerp and I was like thinking twerp and I was like, okay, all right. Um, like, to me, level, like twerp is lovable. And, and I, I kind of drew on a whole bunch of things, including, and forgive me, son, I have a 16 year old son right now, but when he was younger, very like high energy, always wanted to talk to me about things, you know, like as a, as a father, you got to kind of sit through like a 10 minute explanation of what he had for breakfast. And it really should take two seconds. And I kind of just, I kind of like drew on a lot of that. And um, did the reading and found out I got this character Pogi. Um, and I was like, cool. So I just, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, okay, cool. And then I remember Johnny sending me a text and Johnny was like, "Kanye, I just, you know, congratulations on this character. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, wow, thank you. And I remember someone else saying congratulations on Pogi. I think I got an official like email from, from production. Um, and I was like, This I feel like this is a big thing, and I'm not understanding what's going on. Like, I don't really understand what's happening because, for all I knew, Pogi was just another background, like character. Like, and then I I started realizing, um, no character. This character is pretty going to be pretty important. And um, I have to say, my first time putting on Pogi, uh, I was like just doing the voice, and I was like, yeah, totally suits the character, and. The first scene i did i remember looking at johnny and looking at the people around me and i don't know what it was but i was so calm i felt so safe and as a performer mm. i'm someone who i feel like like i excel when i'm comfortable mm. i feel like i'm very very hard on myself and when i feel like there are people who maybe are not encouraging me or not supportive of me I don't think I do my best. And this was the first time where I just remember sitting down with a puppet and a character and just feeling so comfortable with everyone around me and having fun. And I stopped, I stopped thinking about pu- puppetry. I stopped thinking about puppetry and I literally just became Pogi, and I just embraced it. And I was trying to figure it out. And, and Johnny was like, I remember Johnny was kind of like, like we were talking about, I think you know, Pogi had something and I was um, I was like, all right,
1: user stick, he had a dozer, yeah, dozer
2: stick. stick. I was like, and I, I would just kind of like riff with Johnny, like, you know, between takes two to try to get this character is like, all right. Wow. A lot of people here. huh?" Oh, and then, and then Johnny, I remember Johnny kind of me going, sure. And then Johnny was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, yeah, we're kind of like, I'm sussing this out. I'm figuring it out. And, 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 um, I really, uh, I really feel like, my opportunity was—it was so for me very timely because it really helped me. Like I said, with the pandemic, I was—I was not in a very happy place. And then, literally, to be to, to uprooted and put in the most happy place in the world, surrounded by so many people, and having an opportunity to, to finally like live out my my dream. I mean, this was a true dream working for the the Jim Henson Company and and on such a a, a lovely. Mm-hmm. um so inspiring show um i couldn't have i couldn't have had any better um any better of an experience so that's kind of how Pogi came to be um and i'm so honored that, to have been able to um create help bring this character to life
1: you'd so deserve it kanya mm-hmm. you you deserve it i mean it everybody listening like look up Kanye chen like kanya Even though we've only worked together, I think we worked on Mr. Meaty together, Um, but Kanye, I mean, when you look at this dude, you know, he's this like really kind of like he's big, strong, man, you know, and it's wild. The, the range that Kanye has, like how versatile he is with his voices is kind of nuts. Like there were times where he would, you know, put on some background character and do a line and people would like them like, shit, shoot, dude, did that come out of you? shoot dude did that come out of you you know and uh yeah he's uh you constantly you you just continuously surprise me and everybody else and uh pogey damn like Pogi killed us man Pogi killed us Pogi was like
3: well we're
1: comedy
0: we're gonna see a bit more Pogi and some of the other characters it's both of you have performed uh in this episode which we should probably get into let's talk okay. about Wembley the spokes fraggle or we could
1: just uh, talk about Karen Prowl for the next like
0: <laughs> or we could do that okay <laughs> I think we've promised the people some uh okay. you know dozer led and ad campaigns here so uh this episode starts with a sweeping view of the great hall uh which has been completely overrun by these pink dozer constructions which the fraggles think are disgusting and they look disgusting they look like they taste like Pepto-Bismol um the, also, the waterfall has has uh, reduced down to a trickle. Uh, the Wise Fraggle Council comes out because they have a big plan that, to fix the waterfall, which basically just involves Icy Joe shouting "work," and it does not work. Um, Mogi suggests that the the council could use a uh, fresh perspective. Maybe they need a new member uh and uh they'll know it when they see it um world's oldest fraggle says you think just anyone could join the wise council no really i'm asking how does it work uh which is great because i feel like fraggles for the most part, part are just making up their own rules uh so why not for this too uh gobo asks wembley which of the four fraggles is wise council material of the ones who are there uh and, uh, you know, Red says that she's got the energy. Gobo thinks they could use an explorer. Moki thinks they need someone who could stay calm and meditate on solutions. Boober has foresight. He can imagine all the ways in which they can get hurt. Um, but they don't even consider Wembley. Wembley yeah. is is kind of hurt by this poor, poor little guy.
1: Yeah. And I mean, what a brilliant way to kind of, what a brilliant perspective, right? It's like, it's like the kid who's left out. who yeah. feels Like so much, so much to offer.
0: Well, and the four of them are so strong in their convictions. Like even even Boober, who may not be the the strongest uh personality of of the four, yeah. like he knows what he's good at. He knows what he likes. Uh, but Wembley, like it seems like, well, if you're gonna be on a council, you gotta. The first thing is you gotta be able to make decisions, and that's mm-hmm. his whole thing is that he can't.
1: Those count. May I just say, just interject those council moments whenever they would come <laughs> up. Were like. It was just like, uh, it's the best. Superstar yeah. comedy, man. Like, it was, it was like, it's its own show, right? That's a spin off. But, yeah.
0: like, the yeah,
1: council totally, totally <laughs> its own vibe.
0: I mean, it's, yeah. it's these characters who, like, they, these are the characters who can literally get away with saying anything.
1: Anything. Yes. Yeah. Storyteller, come on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, totally. What? I think she described it as like, like a your drunk aunt or something like that.
1: Oh
2: yeah, yes.
0: and, and she is. Uh, I love it. It's hysterical.
2: And the, and the glasses, like the fact that the glasses would like get locked on her forehead for certain huge moments, and, and Donna used that so well. It's so amazing.
1: Can I actually just say a quick about Donna? I was actually in a room. I was in the room with her when she when she realized the character. <laughs> <laughs> she, she needed to go send uh, the voice to uh, Henson to kind of approve some stuff. And she was like, I need a right hand, Ali Eisner, let's go. And so she took me into like some practice room to just put some stuff on tape. And so I helped her with her hands, but actually it was Kira Hall who was Donna's hands throughout the entire show, who's a genius puppeteer as well. Um, yeah, and so I watched Donna and Donna was killing me, her openness in trying to figure out who she was? She was just like maybe she's like a little bit dry. maybe she it's like kind of she's it's menopausal like she just it was like so awesome watching her. Discover. Yeah,
0: she got and a little I bit too dying. much into the radish wine. And you know, that was just, yeah, yeah. She just has a glass a night. That's enough. You know, just it's for one. the blood pressure, I mean, right?
1: <laughs> one, there's nothing wrong with that. Like
0: And Ellie, are you uh also right-handing, Icy Joe? Since you've been working so much okay. with Karen. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is how I see Joe worked is because um, when Karen would, Karen was I see Joe, Karen Pro. Uh, so her hand was in I see Joe and then Andrew Cooper was holding in the back uh, because it's a very, very big, heavy puppet. And Ingrid Hens- uh, H- um, Hansen was doing the hands and then I would be red because there was no red in that moment. So I would, I would, Be the standby for doubling red. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. That was the Icy Joe team.
0: Right. Yeah. I like that you're part of the Icy Joe team, despite the fact that you are not even touching the puppet of Icy Joe. (laughs) But you are an important part of it. Absolutely.
1: I love Uh, Icy. Yep.
0: Next up, while we check in with the Doozers, Cotterpin is pointing out that the Fraggles aren't eating the new new Doozer constructions. And she suggests that the Doozers take a pause, which is outrageous for the doozers uh the architect reminds her about the great pause in which a doozer accidentally dropped his helmet into the machinery and they had to pause work for 40 seconds or a full minute according to tortured
2: tortured and i i gotta say that that one line delivered by johnny it was a full minute it's probably (laughs) one of my favorite deliveries of the entire series
0: (laughs) terrific I also love the, yeah. that, that black and white flashback shot of the Doozers just in complete panic, like just oh, yeah. screaming oh, yeah. at the camera. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. That's gold. Do you have
1: a favorite Doozer, bud?
0: Do I have a oh, favorite Doozer?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Gosh, that's a good question. I don't know. I have to think about that for a second because, okay. I mean, I've always loved Cotterpin. Like, Cotterpin wow. is just such a yeah. good character. Yeah, But she's hilarious. But, but Cotterpin also doesn't have the... Um, What's the word? Uh like the the that ad libbiness that the architect has where right. he could just oh again, he can get away with saying anything and it's hysterical.
1: I if you could see Johnny T's outtakes with architect, oh yeah <laughs> they were nuts. He would just go and go and go, and he would raz Donna and raz Cotterpin. And,
2: and we'd be I, howling. It, we it were was howling.
1: perfect. It was like full. You know, you need that. It was like a cool balance. Like Cotterpin is like very, you know, A-type B and like just, I don't know, sir, whatever. You know, she's just very (laughs) she's very by the books. And so the combination of architect being so wild and crazy, is like full Ernie and Bert, right? Yeah. Like
0: (laughs) a great combination. I do I do love them. Um the architect uh suggests that no, they can't take a break. So instead let's just convince the fraggles that they yes. like the new doozer sticks which is how taste buds work as we all yeah. know. Um, so they're going to hire someone who can, can help convince the fraggles and we meet Jackhammer who yeah. came up with the 9-day work week. He came up with two belt Tuesday. He got the oh, yeah. monorail down to only one rail. Jackhammer <laughs> could do anything. Yeah. He's a doozer with a <laughs> a handlebar mustache this like pompadour hairstyle. A Guy Fieri flame jacket. Uh, <laughs> and he rides a motorcycle with like a chrome doozer helmet on the front. He's oh, yeah. literally the coolest doozer that could ever be. I mean, he's incredible. Um, and he's voiced by Keenan Thompson and performed by you, Allie. Is that right?
3: Yes.
1: Me and a yeah. variety of other awesome puppeteers that sometimes help with hands and feet and all these kind of things. Like if you watch. The musical number, you know, he's moving and grooving all over the place, but that was the most fun week for me. Uh, I mean, I had a glorious, you know, time in the entire series, but that was really special, mostly because I love doozering. I loved working Turbo Doozer, you know, the, the entire time, but w- working Jackhammer was extra cool because um they spent so much time on the build of that puppet to make it so seamless and mm, sure. shout out to Nick Ward and uh, sorry, uh, Jason, Jason Ward, Ward and Nick Belmont and Cameron, you know, working that puppet was so fly. And we and the, my favorite thing about that whole week actually was working with Jordan Lockhart. Yeah. That was, that was my favorite part of the whole, of the whole
0: week. But he's but a Ali- super nice guy. Yeah. He, he's nice. I he love Jordan. Yeah. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna take a few moments, not not the, right this second, because I'm I'm gonna jump back to Jordan. But I just have to say, Allie. You want
1: to talk about Karen Prolian? Uh, no, I'm gonna talk.
2: I'm gonna talk about <laughs> Allie Eisner. and and this is the, this is the thing that that many people probably don't know about Allie, but they, um, there's a reason that they really talk about humility and you know, um, being kind to others because they are the embodiment of all those things. Uh, they really during this week I really watched them honor the their performance and take the time to really consider so many different things always sounding boards do you think this is good and h- how can i approach this as you know the most best way possible and they really put a lot of thought into it and, and the doozering Ali loves doozering but for people who haven't performed a doozer, they are probably technically one of the most difficult puppets to perform and Ali is a master puppeteer specifically with out of here which says so much about their their abilities um just they nailed jackhammer i i have pictures i didn't take a lot of pictures on set because i was so engrossed in everything but there's so many pictures i have of ali puppeteering um jackhammer because i remember just turning to ali i was always in the seat like i was always kind of under there doing stuff um because i was helping with jordan and I just remember turning to Ali and kind of going, "I can't believe you just did." That. Like, if, if you really watch how flawless those performances are, they're amazing. So they won't they won't toot their own horn. So I'm just doing that. Um, so,
1: Kanya, yeah. at our wedding, <laughs> we get married. We'll have Tom's and merit No, um, <laughs> Kanya. I mean, Kanye and I just like talk every day. Like, get to a point where we nearly cry because we love each other so much. So, anyway, thank you so much, Kanya. It's very, very sweet. Um, but to take the f- off myself, I got Jordan,
2: Jordan, Jordan.
1: <laughs> no, or he loved
2: Jordan. <laughs> like we can't even stop talking about Jordan either. Like it's, it's pretty ridiculous. So, I mean, I have to say one of the things that that absolutely blows me away about Fraggle Rock this season specifically, it's, you know, it's really hard to pick up a character, a legacy character, and to make that character seem like the same person, but bring your own spin to it. And I I was Jordan's assist. Uh, It was a role that I was so honored and privileged to be able to do. Because Jordan, Ali, you talked about genius before. And then I don't throw that word around. And you don't throw that word around easily. But Jordan is such a genius puppeteer and performer. People don't realize. you know, he's always like apologizing to me because he's like, he's like, every take is a little bit different. I, you know, like, you know, like some, some performers are like their take, every single take is the exact same. And so like the, the, the assist can always like just time it. And George's and like, I'm sorry. Cause every take is so different, but what he's apologizing for is one of the things I absolutely love about him. Because if <laughs> you look at his performance, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm watching a puppeteer. I really feel like I'm watching yeah. Wembley and I've said, I said to Jordan, like the biggest compliment I can give you is that when I hear you talking as my bud, as my friend, I hear Wembley, like, I don't just like, he's so much a part of who you are. Yeah. Um, like Technically you, this ser- like this episode, I can't tell you how many challenging um, puppeteering uh, techniques he needed to master from, from Wembley being in that, that tunnel People may not realize that, that that was so complicated and hard to yeah. just him being in the front of the mirror. Like he he's he's pretty much I feel like he's my brother, essentially.
0: Yeah, they, he's he's so talented and he's nailing that character. That's that's a hard character to get right. Yeah. And he's really doing a terrific job with Wembley.
1: Technically, he's so smooth. Everything that Jordan sorry, just one more Jordan moment. Yeah. No,
3: please that, go for at it. At
1: the beginning of that song, uh the ball of fire song. There's and I know like it seems silly to just be like, there's this one moment of his puppeteering, but when you're a puppet nerd and you know, you go up to another puppeteer and like they're just drinking a coffee and eating a protein ball, and you're like, hey man, when you like twisted your wrist like that, it was freaking awesome. You know, like the puppeteer these mean everything because it's the money like when you nail it and so there's this one moment i know it sounds odd but at the beginning it, um jordan wembley has this line where you know jack hander's like you know you can be and he's trying to build him up and wembley you know because he's you know kind of insecure a little little you know he's trying to figure it out he goes i don't know i'm just wembley and the you just watch him physically and the way he decided to play that moment it is It is the most smooth. He is just completely alive. Um, anyway, yeah, go back and watch that moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that's cool. That's that's Hammer, like yeah. candy, you know? Oh, God.
0: Um, so back to Jack Hammer. Yeah. So um, you performed the puppetry for this character, but like we said, Keenan Thompson from Center Night yes. Live, he, he performed yeah. the vocals. Uh, did you ever get to talk to him? <laughs> did you ever get to like...
4: Well, actually, yeah,
1: I didn't tell... Kanye this but i had a cool thing happen recently yeah 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 what so is- actually yeah when i found that i was doing jackhammer i just went up to john he was like thanks man <laughs> <It'd be> so <laughs> cool and you know they let this little weird short kid with a high voice do this you know obviously kind of kind of dude and but i mean it wasn't going to be my final voice um obviously so i just kind of gave my my best interpretation uh i've sounded quite male actually i the whole week but um, I didn't get to meet him, uh, during you know that time, uh. But recently, uh, well, a couple of months ago, I guess, and I I sent the note to Johnny and Hallie and Rita. It was really cool. But uh, I posted a photo of me and Jackhammer Puppet online to say like what a joy it was and how much fun. And I'm a, again, I'm a big fan of Kenan's on that show. I love that guy, and he wrote me privately. and he yeah he dm'd me and he was like hey man he's like great job he's like i loved it and and he just went on and he's just like so humble and very very sweet and i thought it was just going to be a like great job peace you know celebrity vibes we chatted for a little bit it was really nice and he just you know complimented me in the show and then he said it was totally like a a dream it was a it was a really fun experience for him and Mm -hmm. Um, and it was actually really neat, um, uh, performing that character because usually, and this is, I think what we did with everything else on Fraggle, but this was kind of the only exception, which was a a wild and fun challenge for me. It was actually really fun, but usually, you know, you perform in and then people will go in ADR and do it in post and they'll just, you know, try to follow your sync. But what we did is we did that for about, I'd say 70, 70 or 80% of my dialogue and then what we did do for a small portion of the dialogue is i actually had some of keenan's lines that we would play back to the floor and uh so it was really fun i got to match his sync so i would go home the night before i went home i did a bunch of work i listened to it and it's like music like knowing the tempo and and the beats and so i got to actually see what he was going to look like and coming to life with keenan's voice which was really really fun and he some cool. very funny lines. Yeah.
0: He did. Yeah. There's some great moments that you could tell came from came from Keenan. They were very Keenan-y Yes. Yes. Like there's one we could talk about later, but like later when he's on that crane at the end of the episode and the crane's kind of moving around and he's kind of doing like a, you know, like reacting to you know being shook around oh, on yeah. this thing. It's just
3: like uh, I know. Uh,
0: yeah, you can tell. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: yeah. Exactly. I just love that the
1: guy's last name is like nailed it or like did I or did I nail it you know okay. he's like endlessly cocky <laughs> like so full of himself the guy will never change he screwed he's everything the convincer.
0: up like exactly. he's the one who's got to tell you what you think well you exactly. think he did a great job you're going to hire him again next season you know
1: and the script was so good that I just felt like I saw him at the end of that episode driving away and yeah. screwing everything up or getting rejected not caring that he got rejected Driving right. away and then just going somewhere else to do the exact same thing.
0: That's right. Yes. No, like, yeah. He's, on. I mean, I'm probably thinking of this because of the monorail moments uh, just before this. But but uh, uh, like he's the monorail salesman on The Simpsons. You know, he's he comes oh. in, he ruins <laughs> oh everything. And then he goes sells a monorail the next town over. That's it
1: man i actually recently i was writing a script for a show and i recently somebody sent me that clip of when he's trying to sell it and comes in like to the that is such a funny scene that is such a funny character
0: music man moment yeah
1: yes yes
0: incredible we um, should get I conan know. o'brien because conan o'brien wrote that episode we should get him to write a fraggle rock episode how
2: amazing Whoa. would that be holy moly Super oh. awesome. all
0: right oh plant that God. seed season two We interrupt this podcast for a special postcard from our uncle traveling, John Tartaglia, and a Fraggle Fast Fact.
5: Today's Fraggle Fast Fact is, Back to the Rock is the same but different. And that's very true. We really tried to honor the spirit of the original series and just make it feel like the 2022 version of Fraggle Rock. If Fraggle Rock was made today, what would it look and sound like? And so what we really tried to do was take all the elements that worked from the original. We knew we wanted the Fraggles. We knew we wanted the Doozers and Gorgs and Doc and Sprocket, Uncle Traveling Matt in Outer Space. There was no reason to change any of that because it all worked. And just kind of refresh it and just kind of take the characters in places maybe they hadn't gone before and find new layers to their characters. You know, it was fun to figure out ways that Red and Gobo and Wembley and Moki and Booper could go that maybe they didn't necessarily go in the original series and finding ways to kind of expand their world a little bit. We knew we wanted the show to look really beautiful and colorful um you know we're 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 on 8k screens nowadays where everything has to be crystal clear and and really stand out so we wanted the sets to look fresh and new and we wanted to have more water i i for one loved whenever the fraggles would play in the water so we talked a lot about how do we get the fraggles in the water more and so really it was made with so much love to try to honor all the things about the original that all of us fans love but also just give it a new, fresh feel. And we hope we did that. We hope you love it. All right. Back to the podcast.
1: What was your favorite
0: script? Ooh, gosh. Good question. What's my yeah. favorite script?
1: I mean, all these favorites. what do you don't have to answer now. Like, favorite user, favorite script. Yeah, I know.
2: Ali's doing a great job flipping the script on you there.
0: Yeah, well, really. I'm not sorry. used to being interviewed by this, by uh, by, uh, by my interviewees. Um Gosh, you know what? I, I I was thinking about the glow and how brilliant oh. that episode mm-hmm. is, and how that metaphor works so well, and like also, like <sighs> Boober, Dave Goals, and Frank Meshkellite, and nail that so well uh, that yeah. performance. Uh, I mean, I know that's not script stuff, but like it's that's a that's a really good episode.
1: I think that's a lot of people's favorite man, and as a queer person, that was like is that was a. Like in our, in our room read, that was a, that was a total tearjerker thing. And I'm friends with Sabrina. I'm friends with Sabrina Jalise who wrote that character, who wrote that script. And so I texted her and I was like, you just, you killed everybody, man. Like we're all, this is epic.
0: It's Uh, great. And it's fraggly too, because there's some heavy topics on this series. And, you know, like we, like we're tackling, you know, consent and uh, fake news and things like that. And to put them into a fraggle rock uh, lens, and to see, like, how it works in this universe without getting too heavy or without getting too adult. Um, and, like, The Glow is a perfect perfect example of that. Like, it's just handled so perfectly. I love yeah.
2: it. Oh, yeah. And, oh. and to, to mm-hmm. credit, to, credit to Matt Fussfeld and Alex Cuthbertson, oh, yeah. uh, Like, their team of writers, uh, I, I was blown away by all of these – like, every single script when Ali's saying they could uh, actually imagine it like when you read a script and you literally see it in your imagination as you're reading it, like that says so much. And I was like, wow. And, and, and just appreciating myself, I'm kind of learning the business, especially coming through Fraggle Rock, because you're seeing the best of the best, right? Like I, I I really, I've seen sets before, but when I walk out there and I see this, the great hall for the first time, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, what is going on right now? This is foam. And you're, and there's people building sets with like spray foam and they're painting it. And you're like, what is happening? And um, I just want to say that Matt was on set for, for a a good amount of time.
1: I loved when he was there.
2: And and I have to say, I didn't know, because again, my head's spinning. I'm meeting so many different people. I go and I, I, I'm talking with this wonderful guy. He comes up and goes, Hey, I love Pogi. And I'm like, thanks so much. And we're just talking. And, I ended up watching like we did. Um, Ali, I think you were a part of it too. We did this like little like uh, socially distanced like texting m- movie watch together oh, yeah, one time. Yeah, like we were like
1: um, we were hanging. We were watching, like
2: uh, coming coming to America, to America too. He was just yeah, like we're
1: yeah. all gonna watch it tonight and text each other. It was like me, Kanye, Matt, and Amy Garcia. Amy,
2: Amy Garcia, and we're yeah. so <laughs> we're texting. And it wasn't until afterwards, like maybe like weeks or e- maybe even a month, of me like going that Matt guy's a nice guy that I actually found out that he was the show one of the showrunners and he was in charge of like all the people doing all these scripts and I was like yo wait a minute and I looked him up and I saw all of his credits and I was like I would never have guessed he is again the whole set is filled with these very like down-to-earth super talented people who you would have no idea like there's you 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 wouldn't realize it you think you're just like doing like a little indie show with a whole bunch of like cool people but it's like this yeah. amazing show that was created anyways that's my little shout out to Oh so he's
1: so chill man That's he's the best
0: so that's my favorite coming to america 2 story that i've ever heard Oh of <laughs> um, <laughs> all the so, coming to america yep. stories yeah
3: yep. not of all of them love yeah.
0: it um All right, so uh, back to this episode. Um, We check in with Doc and Sprocket. Uh, Doc has to go to work, and she builds the DocBot, which is a robot that can help uh, walk Sprocket, feed him, play with him, take over the world with his robot pals. Um, It reminds me of uh, the Rocket Sprocket from the original series. That was in the episode, I Don't Care, where Doc built a robot Sprocket. I think DocBot and Rocket Sprocket would get along really well. Yeah, Um, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, also I, I thought it was really funny that DocBot speaks with like a robotic version of Doc's voice, but like in this broken yes. English, this very good, very dog
1: Yeah, ridiculous. And so
0: yeah, I love you, that. Yeah.
2: I could almost see I could almost see the algorithm that just kinda of pulled random words and tried to put them together, right? It's kinda of like those those robot art pieces or the the AI art pieces where like AI yes. will like make their own masterpiece. It's like, I'm gonna just put these random words together. I love that. Yeah.
0: The dog will understand. Of <laughs> course. <Right. laughs> Uh,
2: <laughs>
3: later
0: on in the episode, we check in a couple times with DocBot and Sprocket, and like this thing has just wrecked the whole place. So that's pretty much that's pretty much the B plot of this thing. We next check in with uh, Traveling Matt. We got get another classic Traveling Matt postcard. This time he's at a grocery store. <laughs> he sees a commercial for spray on hair in a can uh, oh. with our buddy Dan Garza uh, <laughs> as the the lead bald man. <laughs> He's looking yeah. very sad until he sprays on some hair, and then a bunch of people come and you know embrace him. Uh, they're very impressed by his hair, but they includes. I'm assuming these are all puppeteers. I know I spotted yes. Jordan Lockhart and Ingrid Hansen and I think Kira Hall. It Is was right? no, it was
1: Kanya.
0: Well,
2: was, Kira was there. Well, Kira, they were there. It was Kira,
1: Ingrid, and Kanya was bald man number two.
2: But Jordan. So they started off with Jordan. Oh, that's right. It was that's Jordan. Right. It was. It, it was Ingrid Hansen, it was Kira Hall, and Dan at the very beginning of the shot.
1: That's right. That's right. That is right. Thank you. But then,
2: Kanye, you
0: get to walk behind being basically <laughs> a sad bald man. That is that bald. is the cue. Yeah. Until uh, until Dan shares his, his gift with you, and you look very happy. You are a happy I'm bald su- man.
2: A super happy. First of all, <laughs> if you had seen Dan, I remember um, that day like walking by, like by the trailers and the door happened to be open and I did a full-on double take because I knew that I knew that we were going to be shooting something with like uh, us as like live performers but I like and I knew it was a commercial but I didn't really like imagine what it was going to be because it was going to be like blue screen stuff right and uh and I walked by and I see Dan in the wig and I did a double take because I mean he looked so suave, so handsome. I was oh, like, handsome. I already am envious. This is not gonna be acting. This is gonna be for <laughs> real. That head of hair was a beautiful. So, <laughs> so it was it was fantastic. It was great. I mean, we were just allowed to clown around and just like like just go all out and over-the-top. And and um they we had so many different takes. There were like there were a lot of like really crazy over-the-top takes of like being so enamored and impressed with with Dan um I think yeah. they, they picked they picked the perfect balance between like like the take that had like the humor and the and the uh the energy that they needed so it was a good good overall choice but it was it was a blast loved it that seems we like were, a blast yeah
3: we were just
1: sitting there con eating chips and watching the screen and we were like these what dingleberries there was like every time <laughs> that they would do it they would just do something more ridiculous yeah. or yeah. hand each up or try to make each other laugh. Or... Yeah,
0: it was great. That's so much fun. It was awesome. Ellie did you never made a uh, an on screen appearance on this uh, season, did you?
1: I did not. Could it be Shame. my sweatpants? Could it be my sweatpants? <laughs> do you think it was my sweatpants? My gray you know sweatpants? What?
0: No. This is we're in a pandemic. We are literally all wearing sweatpants. <laughs>
1: it like should not be a reason I to mean, not put someone yeah, on camera. also like you know, puppeteer attire, but also it could have been the sweatpants. I'm telling myself <laughs> it's not that I look like you know a very short trans Elvis,
3: but I, <laughs> like, <Bro. laughs>
1: who knows? Maybe if there's a season two and I am yeah, season that, two, I will be on
3: camera.
0: Yeah, you get to hang out with traveling Matt. I'm I'm ready for it. Uh, right <laughs> Matt sends uh, a can of whipped cream back, which he has mistakenly thought is uh, this spray on hair, uh, back to Fraggle Rock. And uh, I like that Red sprays it on Gobo, and it gives him like eyebrows, mutton chops, a big mustache. He does a little impression of traveling Matt. It's it's a cute scene. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jackhammer is explaining his plan. Uh, all you got to do is get one Fraggle to champion the idea that the new Doozor 6 are good. And then you just build a whole ad campaign around it. They need a fraggle who is good natured but not too firm in his convictions. And in the background, we see Wembley trying to decide which rock to pick up. Uh, And uh, that's the guy. That's that's that is the star of the campaign. It was really
1: fun again performing that character. And I mean, and Frank actually was uh, were Jack's hands a lot of the time. And he was, you know, he thinks the Elvis shtick is really funny. So he just pick the, the right moments to kind of point and do a hip shake and help me do a hip shake. And so, yeah, it was, it was just like, you know, our goal definitely was to make each other laugh. And yeah. we seated the whole week. I, I didn't have a hard time at all that week. <laughs> I had <a> laugh. It <laughs> That's was great. just, it was super wonderful. And those, you know, that ball of fire scene that, that shoot, that music video, that's a lot of doozers, man. Uh, yeah. doozer days. Karen, I think once said that they called them, you know, they were calling doozer days because they're doozies of a day of days. Uh,
0: right? Sure. They can be yeah. doozy.
1: So, sure. um, yeah, they just spent so much time in the shop and they just did such a great job.
2: And and to your point, Ali, about you know making sure that like the the cohesiveness of like the hand movements and the puppet like, again like it's it's often um, underappreciated. But you know you look at those things, and oh, yeah. when you see like these scenes happening, and they all seem seamless, and you really, as Ali's talking about, sometimes you'll have two, three, four, or more yeah. puppeteers on one puppet. Yeah. Um, Because it reminded me too, like that whole Wembling thing, when I watch, when I'm watching these episodes, you know, again, I experienced the moments, I was just in the moment, so you tend to like forget the details until sometimes you watch them, and I remember like Jordan and I kind of laughing because we were trying to get that sink, the sink where he's like pointing at all the different the rocks is this one this one this one this one this one and again there's there's so much fun to be had with even within like mistakes and like not getting the shot you know what i mean when you again going back to that whole thing we knew this was a this was a huge show and there was you know it, you could have felt overwhelmed by the pressure of of the and the magnitude of what you were creating but you weren't you were just like even mistakes well, were, were turned into into joyful moments, right?
1: The relationships were good, right? So even like yeah. during assists, right? It's yeah. kind of like best idea wins. It's not yeah. about who's in charge, and and so, you know. And sometimes you'll have an idea, and you'll be like, "Hey, Frank or whoever, I want to do this, that, and the other." And then sometimes when you have an assist and you have got to pop it on, you're reading each other's minds, and so it's yeah. just happening, right? And then other times somebody's like, "Hey, man, I was thinking I could do this with the hands," and you're like, "Yes." Please, that's awesome. So it all, you know, it's just being open to all those possibilities, and, uh, and then the magic happens. Yeah, yeah.
0: love it. And wearing love sweats, it. you know. And wearing sweats while you're do while you're making magic.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Jackhammer uh, meets Wembley, and I thought yeah. the first thing he says to him is like, "Hey, buddy! Now that's a shirt."
1: <laughs> oh yeah, a compliment right away. Total manipulation. Right? <laughs> it
0: like, is, and like what total- an empty compliment too. Like that's oh, a shirt. My- that's he didn't say it was a good shirt. He he wanted one for himself. That's a shirt. It sure is a shirt. Yes. Uh, He does pop in on this crane that we mentioned before, which is a cool practical effect. I love I love seeing the doozers, you know, like actually on their machinery while moving and talking and acting. That's really cool. Um, he brings Wembley into the Dooser Dome, and Kanye, this is what you were talking about, where Wembley is like crawling into the the yeah. Dooser Dome tunnel. I don't. I'm wondering. I can't remember from the original series. but This might be the first time we've seen a Fraggle inside the doozer Dome, which is pretty cool.
1: Is that right, Kanye? I don't. know. I, I would say. I think, think
2: Joe. I, Joe I, I think you're right, Joe. I, I don't remember ever seeing a Fraggle inside. I, I you know like, um no, um, and that and like I was talking before the amount of challenges that had to be over overcome by by Jordan and, and the rest of the people assisting him on just to make that look realistic um because I mean you got to figure your arms a certain angle right and there's yeah. certain camera shots that they want to get and he's supposed to be on his belly and the puppet is not built with a hole in the stomach yeah and he right. has to, and he has to write himself up so there was so much problem solving that that went into it and and again, when you've got all these minds kind of like working together and, and yeah. Jordan just kind of going, I can do this, I can do this. And the camera camera people, you know, changing the shot and going, yeah, we can make it look like that. And director's kind of like making things work. It it, it works amazingly well it for does. how complicated was
1: and also like you know props to the to the builders and you know it it makes a difference when you have builders that understand puppetry because Mm -hmm. you know builders can make something and then give it to you and you're like oh jesus well um this hole is big enough for a child's you know a six-year-old's arm you know and like, where like, do and i yeah, go like, on this yeah. exactly and i'm just like well i have to put a 48 year old arm in there and also like two rods you know so it's it was really amazing working with this team because they're so pro and so they know mm-hmm. a hole to get your arm through needs to be this big that it's got to be comfortable that like just all every you're so taken care of and uh any fixes are just on the fly but yeah the dozer stuff was was really amazing they used a different design than they did uh, with the ones from the eighties. And I actually got to see one day, uh, Jason was like, dude, come into the shop. We got the original doozers here. You got to check them out. And I was like, Oh my God. And I went and they were preserved. Like they, they looked all right. Um, and they were so cute and chubby and the design was actually quite different. These ones, it was kind of looked it kind of looked like a big rubber thimble that had, um, you know, strings on in either end. So any way that you moved it around, it was just like a fluid kind of a motion.
0: That would be to and move the, the neck you're saying. It, like, to move exactly. Move the neck yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah,
1: back and forth and around and around. And uh, on the new design, they were, um, they were made out of metal and they had uh, kind of different, it was all different kind of materials and the string was different. And so there, there, it was, it was really cool. There are pros and cons to each of those designs and, and uh, it'll be really neat to see how, what the new, newest you know, discovery is. That's, that's the great thing about puppetry and puppet shows is you're always kind of just fine tuning and, and making things more awesome. And uh, Jason Ward was is also not only a builder, but he was also you know, the head of all the, uh, there was different ways to control duders too, right? You could have it on a stick in your hand or sometimes they they were uh, mechs, right? So uh, like remote controls. So we would be standing, you know, s- halfway across the set, holding a little remote. And there were t- also two different kind of remote controls. So there was just so much constant fine tuning. It was
2: really rad watching these cats go to work.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great.
1: And yeah. and,
2: and Ali, I also I, I also snuck in. I think either either after you or uh, sometime just to see those doozers. and the ones I saw like. They held up pretty good but you got to figure like these are like years and years and years ago so like oh yeah. there's, right there's some there's some disintegration happening but, yeah you know one of the things that i i remember about <laughs> the doozers is and i think i have video of us ali like when we were first like you got to imagine kids in a candy store like first of all our eyes are as big as saucers everywhere we went to see things for the first time and i remember seeing the doozers and they did such an amazing job with with you know all the little details like the tools like sometimes if you see oh. if you see close up shots of the jeweler's dome or like a little office and you see like little wrenches and stuff what you know it looks they look like you know pretty big but they are actually tiny the tiniest little things and no expense was was um what's what's the saying uh no uh
0: like they didn't hold back any of the expense yeah
2: yeah sure that's that's the new saying i'm going with that one sure
1: they were all 3d printed those were were,
2: all the tools and everything
1: was three they were all 3d printed
2: all 3d printed right so they so yeah so they 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 can they completely um invested the time and effort into making all these little little props but the other thing too is they were very accommodating for each puppeteer just like each puppet hand puppet that you'd put on has little pros and cons to how you manipulate it and how you have to put your hand
1: they all work differently
2: yeah so so sort of the doozers right some some of them their bodies moved a little bit better some of them their mouths moved a little bit better um yeah it was just a matter of like yeah figuring out
1: part of the gig and just kind of getting your dozer, your dozer, like with turbo kind of getting turbo to work the best that you know it could work and and being happy with it. But um, just to go back on those 3D printed uh, tools, not only were they small, man, but if you saw these things in person, you're just like, you just go up to Nick and Jason and you're like, you guys are insane. Like the (laughs) detail on something that is the size of a speck of dust. You're just (laughs) like, really, man? You sat there with a paintbrush, the size of a Tic Tac, like something that's smaller than a Tic Tac. And you made it look so good.
0: When I see stuff like that, I always say, like, I'm afraid I'm going to swallow it. Like, it's going to fall on my food. <laughs> I'm going to think it's, a, like, a vitamin. And it's like, yeah. you just spent, like, that was like a $400, you know, quarter-inch wrench. And I just ate it, you know? Like, and yeah. I didn't even know, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I would well,
1: probably just want to eat it because they're just so cute. <laughs>
0: Well, we see a lot of doozers in this next scene, which is Ball of Fire, which we mentioned a few times, uh, which is an old song from the original series. It's from the episode Junior Faces the Music. Um, yeah. I love that uh, uh, there's like a doozer band and they're all like glammed out in these shiny outfits. One of them has like a ZZ Top beard. <laughs> oh, it's like bright orange. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, and Wembley gets a whole makeover like that scene in Wizard of Oz. Like he's, Oh, they're, exactly. They're, yeah, they're making him look cool. Uh, he gets his own little pompadour, um, mm-hmm. a pair of sunglasses, and a tie with that Guy Fieri-style uh, flame on it. Um, he's so cool. Wembley's never been cooler than he oh, is in this scene. Oh,
1: my, oh my God. When the tie and, gets sprung on him and he's suddenly yeah. pompad- pompadoodled out?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned, Ellie, uh, how there's all these little tiny little puppetry moments uh, for Wembley that are really impressive. The one that, yeah. that stuck stuck out to me, you could tell, and again, this is like if you know a little bit about puppetry, a little bit about TV production, there's a shot where he's, uh, he's speaking during the song to Jackhammer yeah. and they obviously wanted the reflection of Jackhammer in the sunglasses but you can't move the head too much for that. Right. So he's got to keep the right. top of ha- half of his head perfectly still so that reflection looks right yeah. but yeah. he still has to sing and right. so he's kind of like looking like shocked and singing at the same time and it's just like it's just impressive jordan did that's, a very good job that's with good that.
1: direction yes that is good direction well that and
2: was... the, and the hand stamina that jordan had to have had too right for yeah that? my gosh
1: props john rosenbaum,
2: john rosenbaum for directing
1: a great music video and also just really quickly to roll back to that band that band rips like <laughs> those little moments like do you know what weirdly i mean it's just they're just freaking perfect and just they the edit is so good on that band man on the piano and the guitar especially i'm just i'm dead when i watch it like i can't actually handle it it's and the edits are so good and so short that you're just you're praying that they got back to them because it's so it's so comical absolutely uh, they were they were such stars in that like and yeah. they were dying of laughter underneath
2: their oh dying. Yeah, they're having a ball yeah there's a little moment too that you know a little behind the scenes uh tidbit that little tie moment where he, he oh yeah tie, it looks great it looks amazing the um the impressive coordination it it took to make that work i i do believe andy hayward was the one who had to try to nail that and there's there's these these um magnets there was a magnet in uh Wembley's kind of yeah collar, right but you're talking about someone like so Jordan had to time it I think I was on one of the hands um there were I think there might have been doozers still kind of there so there was like underneath there was like four or five of us like literally bumping each other <laughs> like, yeah like, and and the mark like he has to be perfectly still so that Andy who's happens to be like He's in front of the camera, and he's got this like long rod. Which you know, the the longer the, the 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 puppet rod is, the harder it is to control. Yes. The harder it is to nail that that point, and it has a bit of flex to it. So, like, you're thinking about all those little things. It was it was so hard to do, but at mm-hmm. the end, it looked amazing. There was so much
1: going on, right? And so, like, on my end, so I'm on. Un- I'm I was actually I felt like. Guilty at times, dude. Kanye, this ever happened to you? And it's like, it would just be just a, a storm of puppeteers in those doozer areas and their mouths are in their arm, other people's armpits. Like it's yeah. just <laughs> the, the thing, the dance of how you figure out how to puzzle piece together to make it work. And yeah. then if, and the thing is on that scene, I was actually doing remote control. So I was controlling Jackhammer's head and mouth. And so I got to like sit back in my sweatpants, on a chair outside the dozer Dome, while all those other <laughs> cats were underneath. And also, like Nick, they're they're controlling that arm, which was that like that uh, what do you call that, y'all? That uh, po- that podium thing that he oh, like was... the, like he's on like a
0: crane, pretty the much crane yeah. thing. Yeah. And so yeah.
1: they're puppeteering that, and there's just so much going on in, in those moments. Um, yeah, it was it was it's it's a dance. I think of puppetry like dance very much, and like music. You know, it's timing, it's it's the right fit, it's listening, it's all the things.
0: So next up, the Fraggles are uh, trying the new Dooser Sticks. They are still not liking them, but here's Wembley to tell them that only the coolest Fraggles get it, so maybe it's just not for you. And then walk away!
3: <laughs> Which is hysterical.
0: Uh, he's telling them, for a limited time only, get them while they last. They're organic. They're mature. They're sophisticated and complex. Like, these are these are good buzzwords that he's learning here from Jack Hammer. Um, and they record a really catchy jingle. It's really catchy. Yeah. The
1: jingle rocked watching. That was Amy <laughs> Garcia, Andy Hayward, and Ben Roche, right? Like, that was Ben. And it was the really... three of them doing those three backup. The backup.
2: Are you sure? Are you yes. sure it was all those three? Okay.
1: Uh, oh, wait, yes.
3: Okay. I trust <laughs> I think, you. I kind of
1: feel like- i pretty sure because I was sitting there zoning out watching and laughing. i okay. I know okay. it was, yeah. And that was, uh... wait, does anybody remember it? Do you remember it? Do you want to sing a T? to
2: uh, Hold on. Dozer
1: sticks, bump, One
2: Da, 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 never enough? I love my do's sticks. Oh, I, la-
1: yeah like, do you remember what was happening with johnny t during that moment
0: That was beautiful by the way i just want to say oh, what geez. a beautiful was, moment of butchering that <laughs> jingle. yeah
2: we butchered that we're this fired is, Kanye. we're yeah, fired fired i know uh, uh, well, fired, fired, I run immediately
1: fired um the best is like so johnny t he's like this amazing you know puppeteer amazing director he's also like an incredible singer and He can choreograph. And so Johnny, for actually a lot of the scenes, a lot of the scenes throughout the entire season, and that was one of them, he would choreograph, you know, dance and Mm -hmm. it was rad. He's so fun. He was so much fun to watch and uh it was like you know what's that did you ever see fame she's like you gotta sweat and she's like mm, 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 you know she's like oh, yeah he's getting everybody into it i imagine
0: uh, that all these fraggles are wearing like leg warmers underneath yeah. you
1: know
0: practicing yeah. in front of the big mirror with the bar totally in totally. Um, so as you said Wembley gets his catch race here i like it and he has his little scooter fist that goes across his chest um we see Doozers sell- selling Wembley wear, which are tiny Wembley helmets and banana tree shirts, which is adorable, adorable, adorable. Can't get over it. Um, um, and uh, Wembley uh, talks to Cotterpin, who is trying to to tell him that it's all a lie, and uh, she points out that the Fraggles are pretending to like him and then tossing him in the Fraggle pond, which is turning into goo, getting all over the Mergles, giving them oh hiccups. My
1: God. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah.
1: I I, I was one of a nightmare, torture, torture for the, yeah. I want to just roll back on one very funny line. One of Keenan's lines, the way that he delivered it killed me, but also the, the scripted line was just so genius. This comedy, it was like, he's like, and then, you know, walk away. And then Wembley's like, and then walk away. And he's like, no, dude, walk away. Don't say walk away. Walk <laughs> away. Like what do you like? Do you remember that? Um, yes. It's so funny. That so
0: flustered Keenan Thompson. Yes, yeah. Voice. yeah. Just, what yeah. are you uh, uh, just go. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: so funny. <laughs>
0: um, it's hysterical.
1: It is hysterical. And I remember, you know, Jordan, that was a really cool big week for Jordan. That was like mm-hmm. a big Jordan uh like big Jordan episode, you know. And mm-hmm. so it was really cool kind of watching him uh, discover all the moments and wanting it to, to be rad. And he would just like, he would do awesome take after awesome take and he'd look at me and he'd be like, what's that? And I'm just like, are you nuts? Like that was so good. <laughs> that was so funny. But he's he's just so humble endlessly. Uh, he just, yeah. I yeah. Do you think that he knows how good he is, Kanye? I don't. I Do you think you Jordan know. knows how like what? How good he is! I
2: think he would just. I think I he would just. Him. I think he would like think of himself as like like passable or competent. You know what I mean? And not really realize, real not really realize how amazing he is. The other thing I want to let really people know heavy. He's so so. The other thing is that because I was able to like be his assist again, can't talk enough about it because it allowed me to like just literally be beside him for so much. Jordan is so amazingly hilarious on set and just he is he's a great practical joker he he loved and and never mean spirited jokes like always just very fun like just very fun funny he like he he says like he figures out who's like into it and like he he'll do like little little jokes or he'll or he'll take something and put it on my lap and you know just before i'm about to perform something or and and i'll have to brush it away like just he's just so funny and always kept things light, even on days that were really like Ali's saying, like stressful or whatever. These, yeah, these are these are heavy days. He had to deliver. This is a big production. He had to deliver. There were very complicated things he had to deliver. He had to still, you know, nail the character, and he was still able to re- to remain <laughs> fun and carefree all the time. It was it was such a blessing.
1: So cute. He's so cute. Yeah, he has a way. He's like, he's also a very compassionate person. Like he yeah. would, if I remember, you know, like if you see somebody get like kind of quiet, he'll like walk over and be like, Hey, that was really good.
5: You know what you did?
1: Like yeah. very kind and you know, yeah. or I just, but yeah, we, he would, he's very skilled at keeping things light. It's, it's, there's a wisdom there where he can feel, you know, he can maybe feel uh, some type of energy and then he'll, he'll do something silly <clears throat> and it'll just make everybody feel really nice. So,
0: yeah, that's nice. That sounds like he's, he's taking a page out of the Johnny Tartaglia book. You know, yes, it just is. just yeah, be compassionate, be humble, do, yeah. do your best. And it's going to yes. come come across treat people. Well, Yes, yeah. we, we could all, we should all do a little bit of that. Maybe.
2: I, I agree. And how many, how many workplaces would change if everyone did that? I mean, because every day I would wake up, jump out of bed and, like rush to work and be so happy and days off when I'd see I got a day off, I'd be like, Oh man. Right. Like who does that?
0: (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs)
2: That's
0: hysterical. Um, All right. Let's get back into this. Uh, Wembley is, is, uh, is between a fraggle rock and a hard place because he's got to choose, which he hates doing uh, between helping the doozers because the work he's doing is actually helping them out very much uh, or being honest with the fraggles. Um, and his friends are of no help because they're all humming the jingle and reluctantly eating the doozer sticks. Um, so there's a, a big presentation on stage where Wembley is about to present the new double stick now with more stick.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) That's great. I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he takes a stand. He says everyone does not like these new uh, doozer sticks. And uh, he doesn't like them either. Like he's he is a Wembler, but there is no Wembling about the truth. And he rips (laughs) off his cool tie. He's no longer Mr. Cool Guy. And he gives like this very Mr. Smith goes to Washington speech. Like I would I would vote for him. You know, (laughs) I love
1: that moment so much because it wasn't just about, you know, it's like it's like all comedy but about, you know, relaying, displaying and believing in the truth, but also gaining the confidence to be able to, to display right. the truth, to, to yeah. share the truth, right? Right. Which it's is important also that we speak what that up. Yeah. Is about. yeah. yeah and, exactly. and being overseen and, and overlooked by the wise counsel at the beginning. And you kind of feel the gravity of his own relationship with himself and him, you know, how he feels about himself. And so it was this kind of really cool development, you know, he saw him develop a lot in that in that episode in terms of his own confidence and sense of self and other people respecting him or seeing him, you know, differently because he uh was authentic to his own voice, which is mm-hmm. really rad.
0: Yeah. And great. amidst that very powerful moment, mm-hmm. we hear the ceremonial <laughs> whoopee cushion. Oh. <laughs> and there's you see the world oldest fraggle. he's got this big whoopee cushion and it's making the longest you know, fart noise. Yeah. yeah. And it's a cool looking prop too. It's got like these tassels and stuff on it. Um, like obviously handmade. And uh <laughs> and then I love that the storyteller starts to speak and then he keeps blowing it, interrupting her. Yeah. That's hysterical. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: It was uh, actually that was a day something really funny happened that day. Kanye, were you there for this? I don't know. It was what? ridiculous. It was like just one of those days where we were all just like everybody was not just like in a good space. Everybody was just like goofy as hell. And we were all just sitting in that big circle in the holding area. And then I was joking around with Jordan a bunch and I had my little my little speaker there. And Jordan and I were making each other laugh based off that joke, like the whoopee cushion joke. And we pulled up this app, feel free to cut this out. <laughs> we pulled up this app with all these million different kind of fart noises on them and we just made each other die we were crying we were crying and then donna came over and she started hearing them and then like making donna laugh is so satisfying for me because she's such a hard worker and she's so focused and like just busting her out and seeing her goof is was so satisfying to me so she started dying like laughing hard and then so i put and it was respectable there wasn't anything going on on set <laughs> but i put the, the app on my speaker
0: smart and so yep.
1: yeah and so there was about 20 puppeteers there and we just sat and it was like minutes of it and we were like it was every single person we were all crying
0: yeah all of us were amazing we're yeah, all it, children so that was yes. that was
1: the that was the part day it was we were children <laughs> that was the part day but yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah. love
0: it. Um, well getting off of the topic of fart days. Uh, we this this <laughs> noise this this fart noise is to signify that the wise counsel has made a decision. They are inviting Wembley to join them, which is terrific. And mm. uh, he doesn't Wemble. He agrees that he wants to be a part of this. And he introduces Cotterpin to everyone else and says that Cotterpin has, is, is a doozer that we all need to listen to. And she convinces the doozers that they really need to take a pause because mm. a great pause now will make a greater, more sustainable change for tomorrow. Mm. And, and then we got this great moment that we mentioned before. Jack Hammer says, my work here is done she says but you didn't do anything and he speeds away into the sunset like at the end of Greece
1: that is actually exactly that was actually one of my favorite like just comedic moments as well where it's just like there that beat killed me where it was just like you know yes Wembley and you're right and they're they're all talking and then there's this beat and he goes but still with confidence and knowing (laughs) that they rejected everything he goes like well, it looks like I'm done here. You know? yep.
0: <laughs> he could have just disappeared into the, into the backgrounds. Nobody would have known. And it's funny because yeah. I mentioned the Simpsons monorail episode earlier, but there is yeah. a moment very similar to this in that episode where Leonard Nimoy says, my work here is done. And one of the characters says, but you didn't do anything. And he says, didn't I? Yes. And exactly. it's no, he like, no, you didn't. Or did I
1: nail it? Which <laughs> and man, it was cool. Frank did this really cool thing with the bike on the bike um and because also i'm a i own a, i have a motorcycle i'm a motorcycle rider and frank is as well and so we the, it was really cool we were talking about you know the best ways for for you know it to drive off and it was really fun when he would ride in there and i i positioned him well and all this kind of stuff and then frank i remember grabbed the bottom and he did this shake with you know the the motorcycle that just made it seem like it had the Fattest pipes man oh yeah <laughs> Like you know and so if that yeah that bike it was alive and just driving away like the dudes the builders they were so satisfied with those shots man It, it just yeah. looks so cool he was just funds, the funds, man oh it's the he best ripped yeah out of there, ripped out of there i think they gave john rosenbaum uh one of those bikes like as great a things, <laughs> I yeah they think they gave him a or statue of a bike. And actually they, they did something so nice. I don't know if you heard about this for all the directors, they built them like director doozers.
3: Oh, then on, that's
0: cute.
1: And on their last day, Johnny would usually bring out gobo and, and, you know, just, you know, sing their praises and thank them and give them a lot of good energy. And then they would present them with uh, wow. a director that it was, that looks like them.
0: That is a reason that i need to learn how to be a director yeah. I, I don't care about the it's career true. i don't care about the money i so just want the, to the get my own doozer that's all yeah, i want, you want in this world
1: podcast dozer. yeah,
0: well,
2: yeah and, really And this this episode being directed by john rosenbaum we have to take a few minutes also just to, to sing john's praises yeah
1: john praise. nailed it he
2: yeah. nailed he nailed it again it's it's this but he didn't do top- anything i'm just kidding he did a lot wow.
0: notice the silence <laughs>
1: you just had. yelled
2: <laughs> cut right guys yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? um no the the john's ability like not only you have to have a certain level of of comedy right obviously for something like okay. fraggle rock but to be able to match that with heart to be able to um really allow puppeteers to to do their thing and be confident yeah. enough in your own abilities as a director to really bring out the best in everything. Like what a what an absolute treat John was to work with. love He was I love him.
1: so lovely. Yeah. Um, and he's funny as hell. And yeah. it's also, he's just like nerds. He was like the same kind of, you know, nerdy seventies kids that we were, he's exactly my age. And so we have all the same references and you know, he loves Star Wars. Like he's just the same kind of nerdy dudes and so, yeah, he he was just such a joy to work with and he's open and and the cool thing about puppetry and I'm sh- I'm sure you know puppeteers listening realize this is that you know I I feel like um directing puppets people who have not directed puppets before they think it's the same or similar or maybe it wouldn't be that different than directing humans it is it is a skill and mm-hmm, it is for sure. a developed yeah. skill yeah and it is uh it's you know ex- when you're working with somebody who has experience with working with puppets it rocks and then some people learn so fast and they get mm-hmm. it um and our all our directors you know it was it was really rad everybody was really kind of open to the puppetry part and it was gorgeous yeah. so yeah That's he great. worked really I well love with, to hear that yep yeah.
0: Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Back to the Rock. But is there anything that the two of you want to mention or another uh, call out to another puppeteer that you love now that we've already sung the praises of so many of them?
1: This talk has inspired me to start my own podcast called Karen Talk. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a podcast about Karen Pro. and love it. we're going to talk about Karen. That's it.
0: You can have me on as a guest. I will, I will gladly join you in singing her praises.
1: Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yes. Um,
2: well, well, Ali, that's yeah. going to be a problem because my podcast is going to be called Perfectly Prowl, and it's literally the same thing.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Perfectly Prowl. Oh, see, Best Idea wins. That's way better. And then, but like, because our podcasts are on at the same time, but like you and I are not competitive with each other, we're like, no. I really hope your podcast does well. <laughs> Supportive. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, you know, to answer that question in terms of like shout outs, I just want to say, you know, for anyone who has not yet watched Fraggle Rock, um, check it out. It will make you feel so good. And um, I, I
0: hope that anyone yeah. listening to this podcast <laughs> has seen because we got pretty deep for someone. Like if you're listening and you've never watched really, Fraggle Rock, yeah. I, the, probably <laughs> yeah. the, the moral here is more like if you already love Fraggle Rock, which yeah. you do because you're here, then tell your friends to watch it. Tell your yes. family, yeah. you yeah. know, like get the word out, right?
1: Show it to kids, show it to families, buy children puppets. Um, and I don't know about you, Kanye, but I just want to do an extra shout out to, Rita and Hallie and Johnny for, and Tim, and just for making it, making a little trans kid's dream come true. (laughs)
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree. I want to echo that as well. I think the the biggest takeaway from Fraggle Rock is that they, um, they absolutely um, lived, they they practiced what they embodied, the whole idea of acceptance and nurturing and caring and kindness, Um, because like I said, I was... I was just just this little you know Jamaican Chinese Irish Ukrainian dude who did puppetry on the side and I never stopped you know because I've always loved it no matter what, never really thinking anything would come of it. And here I am give, being given an opportunity of a lifetime to work on such a beautiful production And my kids watch it. you know I've got a 16 year old I've got a 13 year old and I've got a daughter and all of them go like, even my tough 16 year olds watching Fred Rock and he's going, you know what Dad? It's a pretty good show, and that's amazing <laughs> for him. Ooh,
0: that's that's the benchmark to
2: get that. He doesn't. He doesn't oh, even say that about yeah. me, right? He yeah. doesn't even say that about his dad. I was like, what? Right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So if, if you've got sixteen year olds who love it, that's that says a lot.
0: Well, and and like you say, like Fraggle Rock, both on screen for the audience, like us, and for the people who work on the show, there's a place for everyone, mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment, and very true to what Fraggle Rock represents.
1: Mm. And uh, thanks to Tough Pigs for, you know, letting puppeteers be seen and heard because we're usually, you know, underneath a table in sweat gear, uh, waiting for waiting to make people laugh. So it's really nice to have, have our voices be heard as well. So thanks. Thanks, Tough Pigs.
0: Of course. Good. And thank yeah. you both so much for joining me. Ali Eisner, Kanye Chen, Uh, you're both doing a terrific job on the show and we're going to keep our fingers crossed for season two that we get to uh, do this all again uh, with some new episodes here's
1: hoping silly creatures here's hoping
0: (laughs) yes well that brings us to the end of another Fraggle Talk podcast but stay tuned as Tough Pig's own Beth Cook talks more about the themes of this episode in our Dive Deeper segment coming up right now
4: Welcome to Dig Deeper. This is Beth Cook, and I am joined once again by Executive Producer and President of Television at the Jim Henson Company, Hallie Stanford. Let us let us dig deep into the realm of Jackhammer. <laughs> oh, definitely one of my favorite uh, guest star spots. Yeah,
6: so much fun. Such a great character. I love that because I love the doozers so much. I love that we presented to you the coolest of all cool doozers. And if you didn't see the flames painted on his boots, you need to look a little, you need to look a little closer. <laughs> um, but yeah, this episode is a lot about fake news versus mm-hmm. uh, what's real. And also a little bit about commercialism. When I was a little girl, um, I remember listening to the record, Free To Be You and Me. And on it, Carol Channing does the little, a little poem that's all about the woman trying to sell you um, products so that your home is Hmm. clean. And she's like, that's an actress who's being paid to tell you that. And I remember when she said that, I'm like, what It was like, mind blown. Um, people are paid to tell me to do things. It's not that they actually believe in them. So I think that there's a little bit of that here too, with consumerism that we felt it was important messaging. I'm sure parents will love this episode in terms of like you know not everything you know is what it appears to be that we're going to um that's being sold to you uh to to your kids um so but then again it's also a lot about just like fake news you know the information about that these these
4: sticks taste delicious when in fact they taste
6: terrible these dozer sticks with the goo
4: that was such an important conversation with the doozers of cotterpin saying Well, that must mean there's something wrong with the doozer sticks and something wrong with the goo. And we needed more testing and everyone else saying, well, no, we just need to convince the fraggles to eat them. It's fine. And to self-serve, right? So, so that they'll
6: keep, they'll keep, um, we can keep building, right? So we can keep building. It's not even about like, like, and then of course you see the structures keep building up and building up. And we show this physical manifestation of the problem. Um, but at the end of the day, that's just not serving anybody. Um, and Wembley has to stand up for himself, and the Fraggles have to admit that they've been bamboozled. Um, and is <laughs> so funny because was that his intention all along? You'll never know. His work here is done. You're like, was that what he was trying to say? And Cotter, I don't I think so Cotterpin's done the right thing. It. Yeah, Cotterpin's not buying it. She's like. I'm not buying that, Um, but so we don't make him a bad guy, right? Um, Although he's very fussy. He's such a funny kid, I love him. I, you know, he definitely, there was a kind of, um, yeah, Faustian moment with him in uh, uh, Wembley, getting him to like, come on, you can look just like me and you can be Mm -hmm. slick and sell it,
4: sell sell anything like me. And really Um, appealing to, you know, if only the the Fraggles knew how how good these doozer sticks were, if they only gave it a chance realizing that he is tapping into Wembley's insecurity about himself. Yes, exactly. And you know, we're all, you
6: know, it's good to show uh, that people can be vulnerable and be taken advantage of and that they can um, be led to do things that they think make them feel good about themselves, but actually it's, it's kind of covering up the real problem. Um, it's a band bandaid uh, and luckily, luckily, Wembley has so many good friends and um, such a good community that he's able to, to discover that lesson.
4: Oh, that was such an intense moment where he's starting to realize that something is wrong and he's trying to talk to his friends about it. And they're so thrilled for him. Like, oh, that's the old Wembley who couldn't make a decision. Look at that guy. He's so confident. We're so proud of you. And it just takes a mountain of self-worth to be able to to stick to your inner compass after your friends tell you you're doing the right thing
6: it's hard that's a really really hard lesson um it's like you just you just reminded me of dear Evan Hansen it's like the it's mm. like Wembley's dear Evan Hansen moment uh where <laughs> he's like I've got to I've got to come clean this is not okay I don't like it yucky and I'm I'm gonna let you all know that um that this is not the right thing to do yeah it takes a lot of courage um, and then you discover that he had more courage than anyone to be able to admit that type of mistake. So it's a very, I feel like it's a very, like the on the nose messaging, um, that, uh, parents and, you know, can use as a talking point, uh, with kids about, um, when they're being led to do something that maybe they shouldn't, or they're being sold something that they know isn't that great for them, or maybe mm-hmm. it's isn't gonna is cheaper or it's gonna be junky
4: or you know let's let's um... showing how the propaganda specifically appealed to all of these different demographics it'll make you feel older it'll make you feel cool yeah it's organic (laughs) you know what though if only jackhammer
6: could use that power of persuasion for good Mm. right like Any shy, like Wembley, any shy kid does need to learn at some point that they're gonna have to sell their ideas, right? They're gonna have to sell, whether it's like something that I believe in a cause or a mathematical equation or a piece of art. Like we're gonna have to all learn how to um, present ourselves and sell ourselves. And, uh, but we have to do it when it feels right. And it feels like we're selling ourselves and not somebody else's propaganda.
4: And I love that it came back to that message of allyship with Wembley giving the mic metaphorically to Cotterpin. Like, hey, here's this person who knows a lot more and we should all be listening to. Yes, isn't that a great moment? I love that moment. It's so important. And then she gets to be heard,
6: right? Yes. And she hasn't been hurt. And uh, you know, when we didn't talk about that either like she's actually not being hurt by her own community or her friends. Like She's actually telling the truth. She's actually advocating the right thing to do, particularly as a scientist and engineer. And she is being ignored because of a sort of bigger desire to do what they always do, to keep the wheels spinning, right? To keep society functioning the way it's always functioned. And um, they needed to listen as well.
0: Fraggle Talk, the unofficial Fraggle Rock podcast, is brought to you by ToughPix.com. Produced, written, and hosted by Joe Hennis. Fraggle Fast Fact segment presented by special guest John Tartaglia. Dig Deeper segment hosted by Beth Cook with special guest Hallie Stanford. Fraggle Talk art by Dave Hulteen Jr. The Fraggle Rock mark and logo, characters and elements, or trademarks of the Jim Henson Company, all rights reserved. Fraggle Rock theme song written by Philip Balsam and Dennis Lee is used with permission. Special thanks to the Jim Henson Company, Apple TV+, and the entire Fraggle Rock Back to the Rock family. For more from Tough Pigs, please find us at Tough Pigs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time down at Fraggle Talk.